memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, Zephanola Bracha, and the Shir is dedicated by his family. Um, you know, every year, at this time of the year, I confess, I go back to the Rambam. I look at the Rambam, he'll call Tshuva to see, you know, if there's some good ideas that I can, uh, that can help me. I mean, after all, uh, even Litvaks will sometimes admit that they need help. So, uh, so that, that, that's what I do. So I'm going to want to share, I want to share with you, if I may, what I've been thinking about this year. And no, the thinking is not, uh, it's never complete, but uh, if you look at uh, uh, Perik Aleph, this uh, is kind of a, a squished Perik Aleph. You see Aleph Gimel. You see Aleph Gimel. The Rambam says, Bismanazeh. This is all the Rambam. Yes, Bismanazeh. In our day, Shein Beit HaMikdash Kayam, Vein Lanu Mizbeh Kaparad. Today there's no Beit HaMikdash, and there's no Beit, and there's no Mizbeach. Ain't Sham Ela Tshuva. All we have left is Tshuva. Va Tshuva Mechaperet Al Kol Haaveirot. And Tshuva somehow has this power to do what we used to do with the Beit HaMikdash and with the Mizbeach. And the question that, that I thought uh, should be addressed is how, how did the Rambam know this? I mean, wouldn't it be just as reasonable to say, wouldn't it be just reasonable to say, you know, before we had a situation where, which worked 100%. Now we don't have a Beit HaMikdash. We don't have a Mitzvah. So we can't really get to 100% anymore. We get to less. But the Rambam seems to say, the Rambam seems to say that, no, no, today everything's fine. There's no Beit HaMikdash, there's no Mitzvah, but we still have Tshuva, and Tshuva takes care of, takes care of everything. Now how did the Rambam know that? How did the Rambam know that? So to think, you have to think in terms of like what is exactly the Rambam's notion of tshuva? Like how did the Rambam think about it? Look at halacha aleph, perik aleph halacha aleph, the top of the, the sheet. Kol mitzvot shabbat Torah. That's how he starts off the Rambam. We're talking about all the mitzvot in the Torah that you have to either do or avoid. So you can you can not do what you're supposed to do and you can do what you're supposed to avoid and we call that chata'i. Ben essay ben lotase, positive commandments, negative commandments. Im avar adam mehem, if a person transgresses, ben bezadon ben mishkaga, either purposefully or accidentally, we, we talked about this on different occasions. Rabbi, the Rambam says, Kshiyaseh Tshuva, it sounds like, uh, of course he's going to do Tshuva. When he does Tshuva, he doesn't say that there's an obligation to do Tshuva. And then he continues with this idea, Kshiyaseh Tshuva, Vyashubi Cheto, Chayav Litvadot, Lifnei Akel Baruchu, Shenehemar, etc. So you have to do Vidui, that's... You know that the Rambam, uh, uh, originally it was probably Minchat Chinuch, 
the Minchat Chinuch. There's a commentary on the Sefer HaChinuch. But sometimes the commentary beats the thing that it's commenting on. The commentary is of great significance and probably very few people would learn the Sefer HaChinuch if not for the Minchat Chinuch, which is uh, uh, like very special, very special kind of commentary, especially if you are quote-unquote a London, like if you can deal with all kinds of possibilities. That's what the Minchat Chinuch does. So he was the one who said, he's the one who said that the Rambam obviously doesn't think that doing tshuva is something we are commanded to do. But doing tshuva is something that of course we want to do. We're going to do it. Because it's the normal thing to do. But the mitzvah that's associated with tshuva is called vidui. Vidui is a confession. You have to confess. Now that's not something that's obvious to us. I mean, we wouldn't confess. We would do tshuva on our own, but we wouldn't confess. The Torah says confess. Okay, and then the Rambam says, Kesad mitvadim amar omer, the third line, Ana Hashem chatati, habiti, pashati lefanecha, vasiti kaklaka. That's what you do. You describe the chait. That's what you say, it's a formula. It's a formula. Like, you don't have to be emotionally involved. It's something you have to do. That's what the, that's what the, uh, the Torah says. Uh, for example, uh, there's a concept in Halakha, Lav Hanitak Laesei. Lav Hanitak Laesei. You, if you transgress the law, the negative commandment, sometimes the implication is not only you have to do tshuva, but you also have to do something. Like if I steal something, I have to give it back. So the law is don't steal, and the essay is give it back. And that's called the law of itakla essay. So the Rambam, I think, describes tshuva the same way. You did something wrong, do tshuva. Right? Is this an emotionally heart-rending moment? I don't think so. It doesn't sound that way from the, from the Rambam as I, as I see it, right? Uh, you did an Avera, you have to do tshuva. How do you do tshuva? Well, here it is. Here's the outline, the, the rules, or the, uh, the, way, the way you do it, right? Here's the way you do it. That's what, that's what the Rambam says. I don't know, you know today we... Uh, we, we would like to be emotionally involved, I think, or we think that there's something correct about that. We don't want to just perfunctorily do tshuva, even though, even though I won't say anything. But the Rambam, it seems to me that the Rambam has a kind of a perfunctory attitude to this, to the problem of hate, of transgression, and to the problem of or the question of tshuva. Like, how do you do tshuva? So the Rambam says, doesn't tell you how you do tshuva, but the Rambam tells you how you do vidu. How you do vidu, and there's a formula. Like, you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. So, uh, that's the one thing you have to remember. You have to remember the Rambam thinks that, that tshuva equals vidu equals a plan. There's a kind of a formula for doing it. Now, if you look at the uh, bet, 
You see further down on the page, Beit Abet Aleph, that's Perik Bet, Halacha Aleph in the Rambam. The Perik Bet Halacha Aleph in the Rambam. The Rambam says this most, most uh, uh, amazing thing for several reasons. Ezohi Chuvagmura, the Rambam says. What is it that is called Chuvagmura? Chuvagmura means complete or maybe perfect. Now, when you start a sentence with Ezohi, that usually implies that it has previously been mentioned. I don't know if the Rambam should have mentioned what Chuvagmura along the way and then say, Ezohi Chuvagmura, that makes sense. But the Rambam never mentioned Chuvagmura. He just starts off as though we all know what he's talking about. And he says, Ezohi Chuvagmura. That's one thing I wanted to say. Another thing, another thing I want you to understand is that uh, Chuvagmura uh, doesn't exist any place else except in this line in the Rambam. It's the only place in the world. The Rambam invented it. He invented Chuvagmura. And of course there's a problem because, as we will see, all the commentaries on the Rambam say, oh, I know where the Rambam got that from. I know where the Rambam got it from. Because it's, it's in the Gemara. That's what the Rambam says. We'll say, let's, first let's look at the Rambam, what the Rambam says. The Rambam says, Chuvagmura, Ezohi. What is it that we call Chuvagmura? I don't know who the we is, I don't know who the call is, but nobody says, nobody, nobody ever heard of Chuvagmura until the Rambam came along and said what he said. Right? He did an Avera. He robbed the gas station on the corner. And then he has an opportunity to do it again. And he's got, he's like young and strong and he can do it to Pirish. And he decided not to do it. He said, here I am in the gas station, here I am with a gun, here I am listening to crazy music, I can do it. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it uh, because I did shuva on that Avera, and therefore I'm not going to do it again. Lo Yir'ah, for the Rabbah means fear of punishment. Yir'ah, the word Yir'ah means fear, but it's one of the modes of keeping the Torah. Right? You keep the Torah, Yir'ah, and Me'ahava. So Yir'ah means that you're afraid that you're going to lose something, you're going to get punished, you're going to, you're going to get whacked. V'lo mikishlon koach. You didn't decide not to rob the... Uh, the gas station because you just have no strength left. You're in a wheelchair. So it's not so optimal to become a criminal. Ketzad. So then the Ramam says Ketzad. Ketzad means, I'll give you another example. I won't give you the gas station example, but I'll give you a different example. He, he, had, he lived with a, a woman uh, that he could, that I'm not suppose was an Avera. Well, a Kharzman. And after time, imagine this. He finds himself alone with that same woman. And he's still in love with her. 
He's a lover. It's ava. It's man for a woman. And he's still young and strong. And he's in the same place, the same Medina. You know, he, Medina probably means a city. And then he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Zehu ba'al tshuva Zehu ba'al tshuva Now, uh, people, uh, all the commentaries, they say, oh, we know what this, uh, this thing. We know what the Ramah meant. If you turn the page over, turn over the page. <laughs> However you should say it. Uh, so there's a quote here for the Shari Tshuva. Yonah Gerundi, right? Very prolific Rishon. Uh, it's hard for me to describe what the Rishonim are in less than uh, two or three weeks, but you know, Rishonim, they are time bound, they existed at a certain time, and they did certain things. They were especially interested in clarifying the text and the primary explanation of the Talmud. That's what Rishonim did. So Rabbi Yonah, Rabbi Yonah also wrote a book called Shari Tshuva, which uh, people like to look at because it has a tremendous amount of information in it about Tshuva. It's not exactly a thesis on Tshuva, but it's a collection of things that were said by earlier uh, uh, Rishonim and, and the Gemara about, about Tshuva. So look what he says. This is Shar Aleph. Like the, the book is divided into Sha'arim, gates. And then the gates are then numbered. The, the paragraphs are numbered. I don't know who did that. But number Memtet, you see it says Memtet? 49. Ikara Tshuva. Ikara Tisha. So he divides up Tshuva into many, many separate acts. But listen to this. Azivat Chet O Bizdamein Lo. A person leaves the chait, he leaves any connection to it, even though he could do it again. And he still has the desire to do that Avera. And then he quotes the Gemara in Yuma, that a very famous Gemara that everybody should know. Asher tshuva magat ad kisei akavod. Ezehu baal tshuva. What's baal tshuva? Asher tshuva magat ad kisei akavod. The kind of baal tshuva where you can say the tshuva gets to kisei akavod. What is kisei akavod? Right? There are two, two answers. The first answer is, I don't know. The second answer is, well, it's a chariot. You know, that a Kodesh Baruch Hu kind of resides upon. Right? So there's the chariot, the chariot has wheels, and it has a seat, and all of these things are, are very important to Kabbalists. But they appears in the Gemara. It appears in the Gemara. It says, Al Kisei Kabot, my God, Al Kisei How does the Chuba get to Kisei Kabot? Kasher Nifchad Viatsana Kiboto Perek Uboto Makom Uboto Isha. Right? Did you remind you of the Rambam? This is what the Rambam says. 
He is the main hachet liado, like he could do the Aveira again. And he is, you know, still consumed by that same Yetzirah that made him do it the first time. Like he's still strong and he has like a strong stomach. I mean, physical strong. And he doesn't do it. Like this, this is this idea which comes from the Gemara that the superior person, the superior person is a person who's tested and wins. But somebody who did an Avera, and then he, he just got, you know, tired of doing Averas, or he, uh, he, lost his, he lost any energy that he once had. No, that's something else. That's a minor kind of, of tshuva. But there's a major kind of tshuva which is described in the Gemara, in the Shari Tshuva, in the Rambam. But why am I quoting the Shari Tshuva? Why am I quoting the Shari Tshuva? Because the Shari Tshuva quotes the Gemara. And the Gemara says, Magat at Kisei HaKavod. And remember, Magat at Kisei HaKavod, what does it mean? Answer number one, I don't know. Answer number two is something of great significance. Something that is very hard for us to comprehend. In other words, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that while tshuva, while tshuva is a kind of a simple notion, you did an Avera to tshuva, that's what the Gemara, that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara also says that tshuva is expandable. This is an idea. This is an idea that developed, I don't know when, but which appears in the Gemara at the end of, at the end of Masechet Yuma. And it says that not only will Tshuva, not only will Tshuva take care of the Aveira in the sense of a Shivit Exela Shegazal, right? Not only in the sense that if you steal something, the Torah looks at you and says, give it back. That becomes a mitzvah to give it back, right? Not only, not only that, but, but there is something about tshuva which is seen as being special in heaven. Something about tshuva which enables, enables something very unexpected to happen. Very unexpected to happen. What is unexpected? Magad ad kisei hakavot. Magad ad kisei hakavot. That somehow tshuva becomes a vehicle. Tshuva becomes a vehicle which enables us to solidify our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch. That's what the Gemara says, and that's the way the Shari Tshuva quotes it. But that's not the way that the Rambam quotes it. The Rambam doesn't say anything about the Rambam doesn't say anything about Kisei Akavod, and the Rambam also doesn't say what the Gemara says, which is that this is called Tshuva Me'ahava. Tshuva Me'ahava. The Gemara says the Rambam says Tshuva Gemura. Now, why is it? Assuming, assuming, and I think it's not an unreasonable assumption that the Rambam had the same text of the Gemara that the Shari Tshuva had, that we have, but the same thing, nevertheless, we see that in certain details, in certain details, the Rambam deviated 
the Rambam deviated from, uh, from what the Gemara said. So let's, if I had to talk about Ava, like what does the Rambam have to say about Ava? Like you, you understand how I got to this? It was according to the Gemara, this kind of tshuva, shemagat ad kisei hakavod, is called tshuva mi Ava. Now why didn't the Rambam say that? Why didn't the Rambam say it? Where does it say in the Gemara that it's tshuva mi Ava? It says it, in, not in the part that he quotes, but it's there. It's called all sets of all the Mephoshim explaining the Rambam, right? The Rambam says Chuva Gemura. They all say, oh, that's Chuva Mi'ava in the Gemara. That's called Chuva, Chuva Mi'ava. So you know that in, in the Hilchot Yisodea Torah, that's why I brought the Rambam because I didn't, I don't have it all figured out. The Rambam says, in Hilchot Yisodea Torah, says this, Perik Bet. Perik Bet, you have to listen. Right, Perik Oliver talks about God. Now he says, and God, I mean, this is really the Chiddush, right? The Chiddush of, of Judaism, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu. Before Avram Avinu, what's the nature of idolatry? Idolatry is about what I want from God. And Avram Avinu was the one who invented God wants from us. Because the way we meet Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was, according to Chazal, was a philosopher. He's thoughtful, and he knew about, about uh, causality, and, uh, you know, things that philosophers talk about. He knew all that. But when we meet Avram Avinu in the Chumash, that's how we meet Avram Avinu, the Chiddush of Avram Avinu, the novel idea that Avram Vidu uh, uh, left us with was that God wants something. Something of us. And not only does God want something of us, but we can actually do it. We can fulfill God's will. And that, uh, if you look a little deeper, it means that even when fulfilling God's will looks like a regular act, it's still fulfilling God's will. Because after all, Terach, remember Terach? Abraham's father was taking his family to Eretz Canaan. And they ended up in a place called Haran. And then God said to Abraham Avinu, go to Eretz Canaan. So you could say he was going there anyway. I mean, where were they going? Or maybe Abraham Avinu decided to stay. That's not clear, but certainly his father, Terach, was going to bring them all to Eretz Canaan. So that Abu Mabidu said, it's not where you're going, it's not what you're doing, but it's the attitude you have, the way you look at where you're going and what you're doing. If you're doing it for the sake of God, so you're with me. That's the way it is. If you're doing it for some other reason, you're an idolater. So these were the chidushim. These were the chidushim of Abu Mabidu as presented in the Chomish, and the Rambam says, Hakela nechbad Right at the beginning, right? This is a book about mitzvot and halachot, but right at the beginning he says, Mitzvah la'avo oto. There's a special mitzvah in the Torah to love God. Also li'ira, to fear God, but we were interested in loving God. So, uh, uh, so the Rambam goes on and says, How do you do that? 
how do you do Avat Hashem and Yirat Hashem? And the Rambam wasn't afraid. He was willing to like ask the tough questions and not make believe that everybody knows the answer, which is more or less the way we do it today. Uh, you know, like it's all right. In yeshiva, in yeshiva, somebody asks you a tough question, you say, you're not learning enough, or something like that. But you don't, you don't, don't answer tough questions, because answers to tough questions have tough counter answers. So you don't get into the argument. How do you do that? Again, the Rambam says, how do you love God? How do you love God? So, you know, I guess there's a mystical answer, right? But not being a full-time mystic, I'm going to ignore that and get to the Rambam. The Rambam says it's very simple. Very simple, you study science. You learn, you study chemistry, biology, physics. You learn all of that stuff. And then you can't help but being astounded at the wonders in the world. And once you're astounded at the wonders of the world, you say to yourself, well, who did this? And who was it done for? So you say, well, God did all of this. You know, photosynthesis. I mean, who could have imagined such a thing? It's great. You know, that God made photosynthesis for me so that things would turn out to be green and I'd be able to be happy with them. So this is what the, this is what the Ramam said, says about Ava. That Ava, the mitzvah of Ava Tashem, is not a mystical experience, according to the Ramam. But it's a reasonable experience. It's logical. It makes sense. He says, the Ramah says, anybody who, who does what I do, like read books and study things and try to figure out what's going on, anybody will have an easy option of Avat Hashem, of learning, of, of loving God. And so, so the Rambam says, the Rambam he said the Gemara is correct, but the details in the Gemara may not be. The details in the Gemara which say that Tshuva Bagadat Kisei Kavod, that was not for the Rambam. And then the Gemara says that's called Ava. I'm sorry, Tshuva Mi Ava. Tshuva Mi Ava, the Rambam says, Ava is an awareness of things. Ava's an awareness. He comes back to this again in the 10th chapter of Hilchot Tshuva. Just, uh, just uh, look at it for a minute, if we may. The 10th chapter of Hilchot Tshuva. The Rambam says, The Rambam says, "Davar yadua baru perek yud." It's not on the sheet. Perek yud alachav vav. The Rambam, the Rambam talks in this perek. He talks about uh, doing mitzvot. What's the best way? Is is there a best way? Which I think is also corollary to what we're talking about. 
because we'll see it in a minute. The Rambam says, Al Yomar Adam Hareni Yoseh Mitzvot HaTorah Vosek B'Chokmata Kedei Shakabel Kol HaBrachot HaKtubot Bo Ba Or Kedei Shezke Lechaye Olam Abba Those you shouldn't do the right thing because you think you're going to get a good deal. Olam Hazeh, Olam Abba You know, if you figure, if you do mitzvot and you do what the Torah says, so then God will be on your side. This is a pretty common theme, theme Rosh Hashanah time. Not people, I mean, you see that for some reason, uh, many shuls that are empty all year long suddenly become packed on Rosh Hashanah. There's got to be some reason that people have decided that uh, that's a reasonable thing to do. And the rabbi <coughs> says it's not a reasonable thing to do. He says, Somebody who does the right thing for the wrong reason, that's called yir'ah, according to the Rambam. He denies the importance of yir'ah. He says, The people that the Rambam had a high regard for, the Nevi'im and the Chachamim, the prophets and the, the wise men, they didn't do that, right? But they didn't worship God in this way. Ella, the only people who did are Ameha Aretz, don't be angry, and the women and the, the children who are uh, equated here because they were not educated, which is not a sign of prejudice on the part of the Rambam, even though people have made a case for the Rambam being a little prejudiced. But in this line, He's not being prejudiced. He's just saying that people who learn Torah have a better chance at doing the right thing for the right reason in the right way. And people who don't learn Torah, I mean, you have to convince them. You have to convince them. Uh, and then he says, he says, like children, you say, do a mitzvah, here's a, here's a candy. Okay, you can't do it today, give a candy. You have to give them a stock portfolio. So you say, okay, here, do a mitzvah, here's a stock portfolio. But, uh, but the idea is the same idea, it's only that the, uh, the awareness of things has changed. Uh, but this is all an introduction. Of course, we hope to get out of it and get to Ahava. Okay? So he says, he says the same thing over again in Bayes. I want to go to, uh, to Gimel. Gimel is a famous halakha, the Rabbin says, Kesat hiya he says, he says, the Ava of a man and God is similar to the love of a man and a woman. That's what the, that's what the Ramam says, and he says that's what Shira Shirim is all about. It's about Avat, uh, a man for Hashem, but it's in the guise, the metaphor is the love of, of a man for a woman. In Chassidut, they would say, in Chassidut, they would say, why do you have such a, why do you have these romantic notions of a love of a man for a woman? I mean, why can't it be like paramecium? Why can't we reproduce like paramecium? You know, paramecium, they run into a tree and then there are two of them, which, is, which seems like a pretty practical way of, of doing it. So the answer in Chassidut is because you need a model for Ava Sashem. In other words, you would never be, if we, we were all paramecium, we... Oh, okay, I knew that was something wrong. It didn't sound right. If we were all that, 
then we we wouldn't know how to how to get together with God. You know, because it's hard to imagine if you swim into a tree and become two that you get closer to God. That's uh, that's not uh, a possibility. So the Rambam says, the Rambam says, but he doesn't mean doesn't mean that you like look at God like you look at uh, your husband or wife. He says, for the Rambam, after all, the Rambam's already said that closeness to God is about understanding the workings of the world, how the world works. I mean, that's a terence for why the Torah starts from Bereshit. I mean, the first few chapters about the creation of the world. Like, what do we have to know about the creation of the world? I mean, not from the one person. Bereshit's Baralakiva to Shabbat and That's good enough. That tells you what you have to know theologically. But the story of the seven days of creation, for example, or the story about the snake and, and Adam and Chava and the Eitzat that encourages us to look into it. It's like the Torah says, look into this and look into that, to look at how, you know, how this was created, how that was created. It, it, and the reason for that, the reason for that is that somehow it creates in us Avat Hashem. Avat Hashem meaning, I appreciate it. I, 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 I see what God has done for us. I mean, certainly, uh, uh, people's relationship to their parents is, you know, similar. Similar. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard not to be um, uh, to hold in special regard the fact that your parents feed you and clothe you and give you what you need, especially when you're you're uh, too young to do it on your on your own. Okay. So that's the Rambam. That's the Rambam. More Rambam on Ava. More Rambam on, on love. So it turns out, I think, I think we, we, we can say, I think we can say that, uh, uh, I think we can say that for the Rambam, for the Rambam, again, Perik, Perik Bet, I'm sorry. Look at Perik Bet. Perik Bet. And then the Rambam goes out. The Rambam quotes the Gemara, right, as we saw, leaving out Kisei Kavod and Chuvami Ava, and then we get to Halacha Bet, Bet, Bet. You see that? Umaya Chuva. Right, that's what that's what tshuva is. The same thing that the Rambam said before about vidui. In, in other words, for the Rambam, vidui, the mitzvah of vidui is that you have to say it, but you have to do it with tshuva, and so that the different sections of the vidui as enunciated above, apply, apply to tshuva. When there's no vidui, maya tshuva. Where's the tshuva without vidui, according to the Rambam? Tshuva gemura. What is tshuva gemura? What is tshuva gemura? Well, according to the Gemara, it's tshuva mi'ava. And what is tshuva mi'ava? It's like an expanded version of tshuva, which not only not only takes care of the particular transgression that you might have had, but also gives you an opportunity to continue. Like you could answer the question, 
know, if it was a mitzvah of tshuva in, in the Torah, does that mean you have to do a veris? I mean, you want to do all the mitzvahs in the Torah, so, you know, do you have to do an Avera? So listen to this. He's going to feel badly on what happened. And then the Rambam makes this wonderful sentence, which, you know, is almost poetry. Ya'id alav yodea ta'alumot shelo yashuv la'olam. The Rambam's invention. Ya'id alav, he will be a witness. Who will be a witness? Yodea ta'alumot. What is yodea ta'alumot? The one who knows the mysteries. Knows the, that, that's a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's a Kodesh Baruch Hu knows this. What does what does a Kodesh Baruch Hu know? Shelo le'olam. So it is according to the Rambam. According to the Rambam, there is such a thing as tshuva gemura. Parentheses. That's what the Gemara calls tshuva me'ava. Close parentheses. But the Rambam, the Rambam says the Gemara describes exactly how you get how you know that you did tshuva gemura. However, the Rambam also says you'll never know. You'll never know that Shuvah Gemurah is a challenge. It's not a state of being. In other words, there's no limit to appreciation. There's no limit to seeing how good God was to us in the creation. That doesn't exist. And whether or not you're able to achieve Shuvah Gemurah, that's something that is left to heaven. Only in heaven can they say, this person will never do that hate again. So that there is such a thing as tshuva gmura, gemara, tshuva mi'ava. There is such a thing. And you have to strive for it. You have to strive for it, but you never know if you have achieved it. And that's part of the wondrous nature of, of tshuva. So if we said before, if we said before, how did the Rambam know? Ensham ela tshuva. Remember Perik Aleph? Halacha Kim. Perik Aleph, right? The Rambam said, today, today there's no Beit HaMikdash, and there's no Mizbeach, and there's no Korbanot. All that we have left is tshuva. How did the Rambam know that? Well, the Rambam knew that from Tshuvah Gmura, because even when there was a Beit HaMikdash, even when there was a Mizbech, and there is a Korban, and everybody went and said, Vidui, all day long, even then, there was Tshuvah Gmura. And Tshuvah Gmura means disconnected from, disconnected from ritual, disconnected from the desire to take care of a blemish, so to speak, to wipe out a feeling of guilt that I might have. Beyond that, beyond that, there is uh, uh, there is tshuva, gemura, which is you know uh, uh, rising up to the uh, the possibility of rising to some uh, exalted idea or position in uh, in the world. So. Uh, 
Uh, I would just like to add to that, you know, that in, uh, in the parasha of Nitzavim, this week's parasha, we have the, the parasha the parika tshuva. The, parika, uh, the tshuva is in Perik Lamed. Perik Lamed, I told you, I think, I think I told you that my feeling is that uh, the brachot and the klalot in the, in the parasha of Kitavo that the, that the brachot and klalot are kind of a, the Brit, it's called, the Torah keeps calling it a Brit, there's an agreement. And uh, it's hard to imagine that when Moshe Rabbeinu taught this covenant, there wasn't some nudnik in the group who would say, uh, well, we had this already. I mean, it didn't work the first time. Why will it work this time? The first time was in the Pasha Pekudeh, the end of Vayikra. I told you before, B'nai Israel was supposed to go into Eretz Canaan after the book of Vayikra, and then they messed up. Right? Shlach, Beraglim, they messed up. So the covenant number one seemed to have disappeared. There was no agreement. They were being punished. They ran around for 38 years in the desert until that generation died and there was a new generation and now they're going into Eretz Canaan again and so when they go into Eretz Canaan again when they go into Eretz Canaan again there's a new covenant which is very similar to the old covenant it's true, you know the Chachomim and the Gemara, you know, distinguishes you know, found every point of distinction but for us at this moment it's, it's alright to say that they're very similar if you do good, you'll get good and if you do bad, you're going to get bad and here is a list of all the bad things that are going to happen to you. That's the, that's the covenant. So there was a nudnik in the class, with the Ramosha Rabbeinu's teaching, teaching this nudnik in the class, who said, why, why would covenant two be better than covenant one? I mean, covenant one we messed up and we canceled. It was canceled. So it'll happen again. In fact, uh, in fact uh, the, you know, there's that posuk at the end of Ayela, of Parsha Vayela, which is next week's Parsha, right? When Moshe Rabbeinu makes the following, uh, uh, following statement, he says, Ki adati hi Moshe Rabbeinu. I know, he said, moti, after I die, ki hashchitun, you will become terrible people. And you will go off of the path that I have taught you. V'karat etchem yamim and then the terrible things in the covenant will happen to you. You're going to do bad things and God will be angry with you. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said to B'nai Israel. Not a very kind of uh, optimistic or happy moment. But that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. So the guy sitting in the shir who, is, you know, who just woke up and, is, uh, and has to ask a clever question to prove that he's with it. He said... So what's this all about? What do we need this for? What do we, what do we need the Brit if we're going to abrogate the Brit to get punished and get wiped out? So the, the, the answer, of course, is in the parish of Nitzavim, this week's parish of Nitzavim. Atem Nitzavim. What does Nitzavim mean? Standing fast. You're Nitzav. You know, you're like there. You're there. What does that mean? Atem Nitzavim. You are standing on one side. It says, Love Recha. You'll be on one side and God will be on the other side. The difference between covenant number one and covenant number two seems to be, if you look at the psukim, look at the psukim and you'll see that covenant number two is forever. 
you know, when you get into, you get into a, 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 when you have an agreement with somebody, so the agreement has conditions. And if you abrogate those conditions, so the agreement is gone. And that's what happened to agreement number one. But agreement number two is forever. And forever ends with the parasha of Tshuva. And the parasha of Tshuva said, says, says, Right? And then it says, and then it says, Hashem as You remember that if it doesn't work out, if you're not able to achieve the level of tshuva necessary to grant you respite or, or, or to retract the, the, the judgment against you and to bring you to Eretz Knan, then umal Hashem elokecha es Mal means fixing a physical fixing of something like Brit Milah, that's what we think of it, that, that, that the, the child is produced uh, improperly, there's something that's incomplete, something that has to be done. So that's called Milah, that's called circumcision. means there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you, you can't do tshuva properly, you can't get yourself back to Eretz Israel. you can't do what you're supposed to do. So if that's the case, that you can't really do it on your own, means God will fix it. He'll make your heart, straighten out your heart, make your heart appropriate for doing tshuva. And then that passage says, Right? You, you'll be so enamored by HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of this that you'll have to that you'll have to return uh, you'll be granted you'll be granted a return so if you don't do it on your own God guarantees that you'll do it and that's that the covenant has to exist that can never be abrogated that's the difference between covenant number one and covenant number two as here in the parasha of of, uh, of Nitzavim so going just going back to the Rambam there's Tshuva Gemura. Tshuva Gemura means it's the Tshuva which is not necessarily connected to a Chait. Even though the Rambam quotes the Gemara that says, what's Tshuva Gemura? You had the chance to do it again, you could have done it again. Nevertheless, it seems to me that there's a certain aspect of Tshuva Gemura which is not really connected to an Avera, but it's connected to being able to see things more clearly and more properly. After all, after all, if you, it was people, everybody makes, makes a judgment. Everybody has to make a judgment about mitzvot. I'm talking about people who keep mitzvot, but they're not all the same. My, my, uh, my ability to kind of be serious about mitzvot varies. Some mitzvot I'm, uh, I'm very concerned about, and some mitzvot I do them, but I'm, I'm maybe less concerned about, about them. So that means, the way you are, the art that you carry around within you, has a lot to do with you know, how you approach the problem of accepting God's will. 
or doing tshuva for uh, for God's will. So let's uh, uh, maybe I'll just add one thing, uh, which I used to like to always say that the uh, Rav Nachman Rav Nachman of Brazil, he said he said this. He said it's a question. Halachas the Shari Tshuva asked the question also. He said, do you have to do tshuva for something you did tshuva for last year? How does that sound? I mean, last year you talked Lashon Hara. I mean, this year you didn't. This year you didn't. For whatever reason, you put cotton in your mouth and you walked around like that all the time, like some Greek thespian. Uh, and and uh, uh, you didn't talk any Lashon Hara. So the Chai Tshuva said, you have to, you have to say, uh, do tshuva for the Lashon Hara that you did tshuva for last year. So that seems like a kind of an odd question. So of course, Rav Nachman, why would I quote it? Rav Nachman said, of course you have to do tshuva for what you did tshuva for already. How come? Because when you did tshuva the first time, you did tshuva based on your notion of hate. In other words, you have to say, a person says, what do you say when you talk Lashadar? You say, everybody does it. It's not so bad. Okay, I know I shouldn't do it, so I'll do tshuva. But I would tshuva can I do because I really, you know, deep down, I know I'm going to do it again. Because that's the way it is. That's, I'm encouraged, right? I'm a child of, of the reality that I live in. So I open up my internet connection, which I can't do now because it's down. But theoretically, I could open up my internet connection and everybody's talking Lush and Hara. There isn't anybody who's not talking Lush and You don't even get, you don't get to the point where you can distinguish, you know, more, more Lush and Hara, less Lush and Hara. So last year when I did Shuva, last year I did Shuva, the Lush and Hara that I spoke to, I did Shuva. I mean, I, I recognize the fact that it's an Avera. I was not cheating. I was not cheating. I was doing what, what I was supposed to do. But this year, after a year of not talking Lush and Hara, I see the, the profundity of the transgression. I understand what I was really doing then. And now, if I do tshuva on what I did tshuva on last year, that tshuva is going to be a lot more profound because I recognize the Avera. The Avera is not just something in a list, you know, where you have it's not just that. But I really have a an understanding of why God wants me to avoid this particular transgression so that the tshuva is expandable. It has to do with what you think of the Avera. It has to do with how you recognize the transgression. And so if you did tshuva last year, it probably wasn't as good as it would be if you do tshuva again this year. Okay, I wish you all a Ksivu, Ksivu Tova, a good year, as they used to say. Uh, next one, please, next one. I'm not going to wish you the next one.